you are back. You are here in the Foxfire Farmhouse, ready for another podcast. Are you ready for this? <laughs> think, you hear the song in your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sing I'm it. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready I'm, to rock. I'm ready. We're back in the Foxfire Farmhouse, and it feels mm-hmm. good. It feels good oh, to be yeah. back in here. It feels real good. Really comfortable. It feels warmer. It warmer does. than it was. What happened? It was, it was like a, a winter this, solstice last is time. This, uh, is this spring? Is this the Has first spring hint of spring? The birds are tweeting, which is a bit odd because it's nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's probably the end of the if world. <laughs> if you hear the birds tweeting at nighttime, it's not good. No, not good at uh, all. One of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life. This should be a cool thing, but it mm-hmm. wasn't just recently. Was uh, a few years ago mm-hmm. when the... Uh, full eclipse like totality oh, yeah. happened across the u.s my parents live in the path of totality so oh, we really? went from uh oklahoma where we lived we drove over to festus missouri where they live mm-hmm. and got to experience a total solar eclipse and it's just like they say i mean everything goes quiet it's so bizarrely dark all of a sudden all the street lights are turning was on. it kind of terrifying it was no it wasn't it wasn't terrifying it was just Really cool. And so everyone's outside. It's like this massive block party, right? Wow. Like, uh, of course, the sun goes dark, which is just the weirdest thing to have happen in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's this odd dusk around everywhere. And all the birds go silent. Everything, every, no one knows what to do. It it gave me an idea Mm -hmm. that I think someone is, I looked it up and I think someone's already done this before. Mm Mm-hmm. But to write a short film mm-hmm. that is a one take mm-hmm. that happens during a solar eclipse. Oh my goodness. And to like the time production it, nightmare that that would be <laughs> <laughs> just rehearse yeah. the crap out of it mm-hmm. and be ready to go. And then, you know, have the watch. Okay, guys, we're this far away and then go. And mm-hmm. then you just start rolling a few minutes before however, have the story build mm-hmm. and then totality hits. And it would just be yeah. really epic to have a one take movie that was yeah. shot in natural light during a solar eclipse. Like, Ooh. I think that would just be so fun to try to pull. Off. I would love to do that. That would be awesome. Be you awesome. have to do it in like a small town in the West, like already. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I'm just yeah. thinking. That kind <laughs> of like, it looks so like good. the fifties, but everybody's like oh, wearing awesome. modern clothes. That would be fantastic. Oh man. I like this. Good stuff. So it sounds like a heist kind of movie. Oh, that would, Ooh, a heist would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we're, it's, it's okay, a town it's in coming. West Texas. <laughs> We're gonna, North Texas we're gonna write this like bad boy yeah, and we're gonna we go. hold it there and we're go. gonna look up when the next I'm solar just picturing hell or high water like with oh, an eclipse yeah. going on in it like oh, that man. vibe you there you know? go there that's go. perfect a bank robbery don't steal this totality. <laughs> or do it I, Dude, please like do it because we'll probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i'll watch it even yeah. if you steal it yeah that'd be awesome oh yeah anyway Good stuff speaking of movies that are being made So what do we got? What's what's Come been uh, spinning around in the uh, in the ether newsosphere? The newsosphere. Well, I got three movies for you that were recently Boom. announced or or more talked about. I don't know if they were just announced. One of them was just announced. Uh, they're uh, talking about making a I Am Legend movie sequel. Awesome, that would be cool. Um, I don't know if uh, Zack Snyder's coming back for it, um, but they have uh, Michael B. Jordan um, and Will Smith. Uh, coming back for a sequel which mm, is that'd be cool pretty legit which would mean that they would have to go off an alternate ending because the other ending which is such a bummer that like why did they run it was a with cool the... ending i liked it well, well so why did they run with the kill will smith ending instead of the let him live because Zack snyder 
Zack Snyder always <laughs> likes to do things <laughs> his own likes way. To kill he likes just that visual, like ah. He likes yeah, it was gritty. It, it was an epic ending. Yeah, which is kind of like dire how he epic ending. Likes to roll. Yeah, like interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're looking at. Maybe for that, it's a it's actually a vampire movie, not a zombie movie. For those of you <laughs> who would like to talk about that, um, uh, there's an Alien spinoff, which is a Hulu exclusive, which I'm super excited about. I would I would be down for some Alien. I'm I've always loved Alien. That was like one of the first movies that my wife and I watched together. Was really? the Alien Covenant? There's a whole bet around really? it. Really? No terms way. That yeah, it was it was awesome. I'll tell you the story later. Alien uh, Covenant. That's a really gritty movie to watch. It was as your first movie together. Well, she told me like we weren't dating. Yet. Okay, I'll get into it. Okay, so <laughs> we were, story we time were, with Elijah. Uh, we weren't dating yet, and I was trying to like impress her and woo her, and uh, we were at like a theme <laughs> so park. So Alien Covenant. Yeah, we were at a theme park, and I I, I knew that that she liked uh, the Alien movies and the Alien movies coming out, and I was excited for it because it looked awesome. Um, but uh, I hate upside down rides with a passion and mm. uh basically uh i was like i'm not gonna ride that tomahawk thing and okay. uh she's like well let's do a bet and i was like well you watch alien covenant with me and mm. it was like a couple months away at that point i was like if you go see alien covenant with me i'll, I'll ride it and she's like okay and so I was like all right and so i i <laughs> rode amazing. an upside down ride and it was uh, it was okay it the wasn't things that scary. we do for loving movies yeah but uh, little did she know, all, all I had to do was ride a ride, and I got a date out of it. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we started dating before that had happened, but it was it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Anyway, yeah. super excited about that. Yeah. And then last one, Elvis. Elvis movie hey, by Baz Luhrmann. Bringing Elvis. Saw the trailer when I watched the Batman. It's it looks cool. awesome. Tom Hanks. I'm stoked. Yeah, Tom Hanks looks great in it. He looks good with yeah. some prosthetics and a weird German accent. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It, it's good. It looks really interesting. Yeah, I never actually. thought I would be excited for Elvis. And me Elvis either. I'm, I'm not even a huge Elvis music fan, but the movie actually made me really excited. It, like, it seems like the kind of movie I might actually get into Elvis music over. Yeah, we'll see. Because I was like, oh, I forgot he he made he wrote those songs and performed them. So it'll be cool. He's strong visual style, and I'm yeah, a sucker right. for that man. That's true i like good music good dance <laughs> yeah it'll be good yeah. it'll be so, awesome yeah that's Sweet. all i got for news cool things so i've been experiencing uh some cool stuff this week oh, yeah. have you been experiencing cool stuff yeah coming across some cool, cool all the goods. cool things what are your cool things so my cool thing was that yeah. this last week so a few well, quite a few episodes ago, we talked about the portrayal of Jesus in the movies. Ooh. And of course, one of the things that we come to in that kind of discussion is the second commandment and what it has to do with the portrayal of Christ. So Ooh. can we say when the Bible says that we are not to have any images, any graven images, does that mean that we cannot have an image of the Christ? <clears throat> Our pastor is teaching through the book of Exodus right now mm -hmm. on Sunday nights. And so this is my cool thing would be his Exodus series through uh, on Sunday nights, he calls it, I believe, uh, Exodus Patterns of Redemption. And if you mm -hmm. go to our church's website, it's BibleDirectionForLife.com. You can find the series there. But in this last Sunday night's series or, or lesson, I think, believe it's uh, lesson 15, he talked about uh, the second commandment. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting hearing him talk about it because he kind of gave a more a way more in depth and theological and exegetical reason than we can give on the show mm -hmm. or that we are capable of giving at any point. Yeah. <laughs> in our lives <laughs> so so it was really fascinating though to hear him walk through it because he demonstrated how there's no way basically if we take what the scriptures are saying there 
Mm -hmm. to be accurate and we're not supposed to have any images of Christ or of God at all, Mm -hmm. then we also cannot have any images of any living things. Mm -hmm. It says no images of living things, which if that's what it was saying, then the tabernacle itself violates that law because it has images of the cherubim on the go on the Ark of the covenant It has images of different Mm -hmm. creatures and animals on the tapestries. So you've got imagery all throughout the tabernacle, which means that God himself is violating his own commandment that he gave to the people of Israel as his covenant with them. And so there's no way that it could be saying that. And what Peter argued that it's saying is just that you should not have any idol that you are worshiping, which then was thankfully (laughs) backs up what we were saying on that episode, which is good where (laughs) it's always good when the pastor gets to your text that you talked about. And he says the same thing that you were kind of saying, that's good. Just in way better depth and uh, making a better case for it than you better than coming back with your, tail tucked and yeah like, hey, exactly guys, sorry uh, guys we just uh indulged in some heresy <laughs> we uh, have to apologize and strike that one from the record put a warning on the front yeah, of it strike <laughs> it down biblically yeah. so anyway that's been a cool series yeah. uh it's cool to go through the book of exodus and walk through the ten commandments that way so that's yep, legit. that's it yeah so check it out well i'm gonna bring up another cool thing ah what do you uh, got i i forgot what i was gonna bring up earlier but it wasn't what i was gonna talk about it's actually the podcast that you were on hey the other podcast what? i'm on uh, two podcasts yep. west side unscripted hey there it is it's legit Man. I, j- I just listened to the recent episode and uh answered one of my questions that i didn't ask uh for those of you who don't know it's uh the podcast where can you give me the line oh yeah the, 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 the line, line for west side <laughs> yeah. unscripted is that the podcast where the pastors loosen their ties throw away their notes and answer questions about all things theology and culture yeah so, so you get uh you get our, our lead pastor who's just a a swath of amazing biblical information. He's a biblical scholar and, uh, you get him unscripted, which is really awesome. You just get to see what's click clacking around there in his head. Mm -hmm. And it is very, uh, very detailed and very, uh, very good to munch on for some of these questions that the congregation gets to ask. Um, and, uh, I know I've asked a couple, um, but the recent one was on angels and, uh, what are angels and how do they minister to us? And, uh, I thought that was a very yeah. interesting, interesting one. And it kind of ties into this, at least in terms of story, uh, with the fact that, uh, he kind of touched on the, on the old Nephilim subject in terms yeah, of, uh, right. yeah, in terms a fun of one. giants and, uh, kind of brought it into the realm of, uh, of just knowing that, that the Nephilim were evil and was something egregious and that it kind of falls in line with some of the Greek stories that we, that we read about Hercules and, uh, all these, uh, and just Gilgamesh and all these and ancient, Eternals. Yeah. And Eternals. <laughs> um, all these like demigods yeah. um, who are half God. And as the scriptures reveal that the gods are demons in disguise. So it was, uh, it was, it was really, really cool read. And it kind of gave me a new perspective on a lot of old myths yeah. and uh, on what it says about the cultures. So, That's cool. Pretty cool. And now our feature presentation. So this week, uh, I thought we would talk a little bit about the imagination. So I have at times tried to formulate kind of what would I say is my vocation and uh, what is it that God has called me to do with my life? Yeah. And I don't think that anyone can have a mission statement in the same way that, you know, like a company can have a mission statement because companies are created for a very specific purpose uh, often. And even though those missions can change uh, and there can be like shift over the course of time. Uh, they often, they're, they're just very more limited in scope than a human person. A human person, 
is created by God for his glory. And that encompasses all of what it means to be human, which means uh, being friend, being a husband, a wife, a mother, a father, Mm -hmm. uh, a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, uh, all the gamut of humanity, right, is wrapped up in what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. So to try to narrow down your life to one little mission statement is definitely not uh, the kind of task that you want to be taking on as if it's just really easy to do but nonetheless and me trying to think through career-wise vocation-wise what is it that i'm called to i had to do that for a class did you really it was for so, like your whole life it was so it was so hard it's like what is your personal mission statement and i was like <laughs> oh goodness how do i come at that and everyone's just like being a good person and like, yeah right and i was like ah yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's hard to do it without being so incredibly broad that it is useless in terms of. Yeah. And that was know. the critique of my, of mine was like, it was, it was just too broad and too heady and like, it was just, but then once you it, get it wasn't specific, useful and I was once like, you well, get it specific, it doesn't actually carry your life. Yeah. Like you can't fit your life into that mission statement. There's no way. Yeah. So anyway, anyway sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Far it, it points. So the way I would word yeah. it, it, that I, the, the way I've come up with it functionally mm-hmm. is to cultivate a Christian, the, the Christian imagination yeah. by telling stories with digital media. Like mm-hmm. that's my broad vocational mission statement. Yeah. And that's why I, I, at least it's a functional one when I've used yeah. different points. But if I'm, if I say that, then I need to define though more clearly what it means what the imagination is. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been trying to think of. So uh, I'm going to throw a few random, I, I have a random collection of thoughts that I Let's intend to God willing at some point. I have no thoughts. Once, he has no thoughts. He's I'm <laughs> the sounding board. <laughs> he's going to hear my thoughts and tell I'm me if my thoughts are to indeed his soul thoughts. racquetball game. He's going to tell me <laughs> <laughs> the, the racquetball of the soul. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so here for this racket game, this match of yes. <laughs> racquetball, and now for the serve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this first one is pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Imagination has to do with images. So imagine, image, imagine. What did I just say? Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. Yes, Josh, that is indeed it does. Yeah, verily, indeed it does. That's this whole podcast. Anyway. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Indeed it does. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, has to so, do with images. Yeah, it has to do with images, and it has to do with the images formed in the mind. So, mm-hmm. it's what we image or imagine or envision. We could say, yeah. Uh, so, if that is the imagination, then I, I think there are. There are some interesting ways to go from there. So stories that are good, we often talk about engaging our imaginations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we here, because we're talking about digital media, mm-hmm. often talk about movie or, or movies and shows, uh, stories that are told through images. Yeah. So digital media could include audio, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but very often what we're talking about are yeah. those things that are using images to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So that made me think like if I'm, if I'm aiming at cultivating a Christian imagination, if that's something that I want to do. Yeah. And and at some time I'm going to leave the whole Christian imagination, the Christian side of the Christian imagination to the side, but at least for the points of this discussion, but Mm -hmm. what, what I think. So if the imagination is what I'm trying to cultivate, Mm -hmm. then is using images actually cultivating an imagination. Hmm. so yeah an idea like i guess so here's where i've taken that kind of question in my own we must first define what is an image 
Oh, <laughs> we can go into definitions. <laughs> so finally, we must also define a definition. <laughs> yes. What is a definition? History, economics, they're the same thing. <laughs> it, all, it all comes back. Yes, the dialectic. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So you're telling me. <laughs> I can't yeah. even remember his line now where, he's, where he says, oh, you're telling me that the man or oh, I forget how it goes. Anyway. This is from everything Hail Caesar, comes, by the way, people. Everything comes back to Hail Caesar. Yes, in the end. In the end, it all comes back. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what, I guess, I guess. So, so then, so if the, so where I went with the question mm-hmm. of what does, basically is a movie using yeah. the imagination, mm-hmm. uh, is in, okay, books, right? Like mm-hmm. I read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. When I read it, I am doing the work of imagining what's being described on the page, right? Exactly, yeah. So I am imagining uh, a bow that mm-hmm. someone's holding. Of elvish make. Of elvish make. Yes. I'm imagining what lambus bread tastes like. Or trying the to corners of, bread. A <laughs> the corners of a Pop-Tart. Whenever I've a, eaten Pop-Tarts, I'm fantastic. like... Lambus bread. Lambus bread. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's fantastic. That's a great It's a preview great into Elijah's eight-year-old life. <laughs> It were looks like reading, a pop chart. Are you reading the Lord of the Rings eight years old? Or are you, you I, I watched, I watched the Lord of the Rings very early on. Uh, my son has already watched. I've Lord watched Rings, it so. throughout my entire life yeah. growing up. But. So, so, so then like we have these different thoughts of what these things are Yeah. when we just read it. Mm-hmm. But when you watch something, they are the ones providing the images mm-hmm. of these things. Yeah. And they are communicating the story to you through those images. So, yeah. so then like, if how can I be cultivating an imagination with uh, with imi- by using images? You know, you know, mm-hmm. am I cheating? Is it yeah. using my imagination and not actually cultivating others? Yeah. Am I? You know, do you, like yeah. I, do you have any? I think I, I think I see what you're saying. Go um, out with that. Yeah, I think uh, you're like you're seeing somebody else. Like I think in terms of like I, don't, I know that we were thinking about talking about adaptation, but in terms of, of that transition from, from word to screen, I think when you're watching a movie in particular for adaptations, you're, you're, you're getting a preview into, uh, somebody, what somebody else thinks, like what they were thinking when they read it. Right. Uh, in particular, a lot of people, what they were thinking of it, but particularly the director's vision on what he was reading. Yeah. Um, and that has its own, its own value. Um, and I would, I would more put it as like a, it's more of a, and in, not interpretation. Yeah, not interpretation, but a, a more less of an adaptation as an inspiration when you watch movies that are inspired by. Yeah. Do you think that? Yeah. So with that, do you think that art, mm-hmm. it, visual art, mm-hmm. I should say, is the realization or the the image mm-hmm. of the artist imagination? I mean, is would that? What do you think of that kind of as a paradigm of viewing art that art visual art is the creation or, or the the realization of the of the imagination of the artist it's weird because like you, you kind of ping it kind of pings off of it like where where uh, with visual art like you like so what's like you kind of get at like what's the point of of the image in your head like mm-hmm. what's the point of of looking at an elvish bow in your in your head or imagining aragorn sitting upon a throne mm-hmm. after after fighting all these battles and finally the, t- the the king returns and that image of a king returning right, yeah like what like it's just an image 
like what it what but it's more than that so it's like that transcendent layer of imagery um whether it be a book or a movie you are seeing somebody else's like you're doing some of the work like they've already done a lot of the work but there's more work to be done more than just a picture the other the other level of work is now that that picture is there what does it mean and what like what is it conveying yeah right based That's off true. of off of your worldview and so the, what, so the, it, what it is right so the thing you're saying that the imagination of the artist might have been captured but what it does in the imagination of the viewer isn't mm-hmm. necessarily the same thing yeah so like uh like we were talking about like uh oh dang it i just lost that thought like we were talking about with uh um batman earlier um or uh, another film uh it's like once once something has been made it has been made and yeah, it's, and right. it's kind of it's its own thing. it's its own thing like in yeah. terms of film like once a movie's been made it's its own thing right and now it's going to be judged as its own thing yep and what it accomplishes yeah regardless of necessarily like all of the the thrusts and the how it was made the or the imagination itself. of the yeah. artist like it's now a yeah. product that is now mused upon mm-hmm. by others right um, it's no longer an imagination mm-hmm. it's actually a thing an image yeah and yeah. And, and that's kind of where <laughs> where uh where christians kind of get at it is that there's no there's nothing neutral and so that's where it's where it's hard in terms of when you're seeing images and you're seeing all of these things is that you're you're looking at something and you're trying to figure out what it is from a moral point of view mm-hmm. um regardless of of how beautiful oh well and that that impacts how beautiful it is to a christian yeah right and to, to anybody right is is where does it stand morally because like you can look at the image of uh i don't know it's, i'm trying to think of like a of a bad image what's what's I mean, if i'm thinking of like bad images there's like symbolically the, the uh oh the symbolically just, just bad. there's well so there's the uh classic i forget the name of the man who put it up but the urinal on the wall that was declared art just because he hung a urinal on the wall. That's an image of how yeah. degraded our sense of beauty has been. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he meant it as satire at the time and now it's yeah. been mimicked in so many ways. There's no longer satire. It's yeah. actually like a the art, art itself. Like yeah. the banana on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, and that's so the like, kind of thing that's like a, a bad image. I mean, it, yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, you're coming, coming at it. Like you, you're trying to make sense of things like, and realizing like, what like what it is like what is what is the substance like watching looking at a banana on the wall yeah it's supposed so, to make a statement yeah but it, but it what is, what is what that cheap what is statement that statement? That is. yeah, yeah it actually states that your art is cheap that's yeah. all it says it says it costs you, you know like a, like a pollock's uh, pollock painting where he just randomly throw he randomly threw paint onto a canvas yeah, yeah. like what what is what is this piece of art like saying yeah right i mean it says something about a society in in terms of like the response to it Mm -hmm. um but as far as like how it impacts your imagination what is the like the the effect that it has i think so so then pulling it around to the imagination again what Mm -hmm. so another thing i was thinking in in the veins of the imagination is that if if these things evoke images Mm -hmm. where do we get the images from like where do the images that are in our heads come when i say elf Mm. Where are you pulling from? When I say uh, boat, ship, mm-hmm. uh, or if I yeah. say space, mm-hmm. what does that? Well, like all of all of these words that mm-hmm. authors are using to evoke a specific <clears throat> image in your own head. Yeah. The the author might have their own image in their mind, mm-hmm. 
but you are only able to provide what in that you have moment, in your... what you've put into your head mm-hmm. at some point in some time in some way mm-hmm. so that the imagination is not this thing creating images ex nihilo. Mm-hmm. It is something that is smashing together images that they've seen elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that like, this is one of those things that artists, when they talk about, you know, copy or copying the great artists mm-hmm. and copying their work and then eventually being able to create their own original things mm-hmm. by the combinations of these other things. That's what we do all. That's what all of us do yeah. all the time. When you read a book that, or sh- let's say you pick up a short story mm-hmm. And you begin reading and it tells about uh, a troll that lived under a bridge that attacked someone with mm-hmm. a club, right? Like yeah. that you have some kind of image that's coming somewhere, mm-hmm. even if it's from as your childhood, looking at picture books mm-hmm. about the troll under the bridge, right? Yeah. Like that, that, uh, or if it comes from, from watching the Lord of the Rings movie and that's yeah, your image only, of a troll. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're pulling yeah. from what you've seen before. Or, or you watch Trolls, the movie, and that's your image of a troll. That, <laughs> yeah. would, that would greatly change. That would be a very change. different image. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so then, so that, Yeah, exactly. So then the image that you have in your head is, in the end, limited by what images you've put in your head. Mm-hmm. Which also, though, so here's another thing that I thought, was that I often would say, okay, one-to-one, books engage your imagination more than film just by nature of what they are. Right. Because they're not an image, Mm -hmm. but I think all the best movies I watch engage your imagination because of the principle from, uh, that was stated by, I believe it's, uh, Andy. Oh, I forget his name now, but the guy who wrote creativity Inc, Mm, uh, with Pixar. So he worked for Pixar and he wrote one of the rules of storytelling at Pixar Mm. was give the audience two plus two, not four. Give them two things, let them put it together mm. in their head. Because if you give them four, well, that's boring. But if you give yeah. them two plus two, they've got to do the work. They're engaged. Mm-hmm. And I think that like if you imagine with me a mm-hmm. scene where the can- the a gun is pointing at the camera mm-hmm. right at you as the audience. And mm-hmm. on the other side of that is a sinister man in a mask. And then, the, then you see from the point of view of the man in the mask down the barrel of the gun, mm-hmm. a man pleading for his life. Mm-hmm. And then you turn back and you're back at the view down the gun barrel, looking up at the man. And then you see the gun go off and mm-hmm. the camera stays on that man with the mask. You see him put the gun down and you see him take off the mask. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just, he's just shot a dude mm-hmm. in the head. Yeah. You didn't see it, but your mind registered like someone was just shot right now. Mm-hmm. You, some kind of image came to your mind when that gun went off. It didn't show you the violence. Mm-hmm. It let you put it together. And when you put it together, it was more horrific than if they had showed you. Yeah. Right. Like, so that then there's, there's that kind of like actually move the best of movies mm-hmm. are always engaging the imagination. Yep. Slow cinema. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago with yeah. Calvary. Exactly. That was slow enough that it, that it wasn't spoon feeding you. Mm-hmm. And so you had to start to think like, so what is this about? What is this? Why is this guy still talking to mm-hmm. his parish member or, yeah. you know, like it, it drew your imagination yeah. into the movie exactly in a way that engaged you. And I think that that's like, we were talking about the Batman mm-hmm. last week. This is one of the benefits of good imagery in mm-hmm. film Yeah, is that either it's slow and mm-hmm. it lingers on something long enough that it's asked start that you start to think, okay, why are we still here? Mm-hmm. Or it does it in such an iconic way that it's interesting and makes you see, makes you wonder, it, yeah. it engages your mind to mm-hmm. think about it in your imagination to begin to put two and two together. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Detective movies often draw you into that, mm-hmm. like discovery of who is it? Maybe I can figure it out before. Yeah, and you're imagining does. everybody 
Yeah, you're trying to figure out, okay, we saw this guy, we saw this guy. It sounds like his voice. Uh. Yeah, you're trying to solve those kind of problems, you know. And so so I think that just because a movie is made of images, that doesn't mean that the movie has to, that a movie does not engage your imagination. Yeah. The best movies seem to engage your imagination really well. I would agree because I think I think you have like a, a three stage in terms of what way I think about movies is that it's always better like lazy lazy filmmaking is when you tell your audience what's like yep, what's exactly. happening. Yep. I think better filmmaking shows your audience what's happening, and then even better filmmaking doesn't show them and they're figuring it figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that they're that they're able to figure it out. Otherwise, that that kind of goes back and you have to rely on exposition. Right? They yeah, couldn't figure out what you're doing. Yeah. So I um, want to think a lot more about the imagination because I think yeah. it's an interesting, just trying to pin down a definition mm-hmm. and then think through it made me think more about how to engage the imagination of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I think, uh, I think it kind of, it kind of flows into, into that, that realm that you're kind of talking about, like that realm of enchantment almost, uh, that you're, you're yeah, touching right, on, right. uh, just in the fact that like, that's, that's kind of what you do when you go into a great story is that you're, that you're there and you're, you're, you're seeing what the creator is trying to, trying to give you um and it's it's not necessarily uh oh goodness my brain just farted i I think that yeah (laughs) so so i think that one of the things so so this is fruitful Mm -hmm. in other areas too like thinking about just how we use the imagination more generally in life Mm -hmm. right like that my imagination will go wild in terms of thinking about the future Mm -hmm. but i think that so so this is an application of it, a personal application of it that i have considered Mm mm-hmm is that we can imagine that everything is going to be just like it is now. Yeah. That I am going to be so, so that when we fail, like for instance, you fail at something, Mm -hmm. you're miserable at it. You blew it with your wife, right? You blew it with your kids. You were angry with them or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. We tend to look at our lives and imagine our future without faith Mm -hmm. to imagine that God is not going to be at work on us Mm -hmm. over the course of 10 years Yeah. to imagine that we are going to continue to repeat the same mistakes we're making today mm-hmm. on into the future. Mm-hmm. And so that when we, we, when we take our immediate circumstance mm-hmm. and we begin to look into the future, we imagine everything is going to be just like it is, even though we know the spirit of God is at work in us. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to despair because yeah. our image of the future is so bleak. Yeah. But that what we have to do is look at the future with the images that God has told us to look at the future with, mm-hmm. right? Like God has God in the scriptures mm-hmm. uses imagery to teach us of himself. He yes. uses this world that he made. Yes. <laughs> he, he made a whole world yeah. to show us who he was. Creation like sings is the image. Yeah, it yeah. is like it, every, everything like what, what Paul says, like they can look at creation yeah. and know, and know God through creation. They, they can know the rules of this world just by looking around them, just by looking yeah. at themselves. They, they can know what the rules are. And because of that, they're without, they're without yeah, an excuse. And in Colossians, Jesus is the image of the Godhead, mm-hmm. like explicitly said, he is the image, the, the express image of the divine Godhead. Yeah. Right? Like, so that Jesus is the image of God. Yeah. So images in the Bible are really significant. And even mm-hmm. the metaphors used in the scriptures to explain concepts of where we're going, what mm-hmm. heaven is like, what uh, we can expect in the resurrection. Yeah. Like that. Hey, look around. Resurrection happens everywhere. See that seed that went in the ground that had to die before it could come back up. Mm-hmm. And all the ways resurrection is hinted at and expl- and happens in creation. Mm-hmm. That's what you, that's what your body's going to do. It's going to be a seed put in the ground and here, you know, like yeah. again and again, these images form 
how we are supposed to see ourselves in the future. And we can begin to let the images of our own that are not driven and sanctified by faith, mm-hmm. uh, begin to drive our future. So, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. it, it made me, th- it just has been a fruitful thought to think about the imagination and yeah. how it shows up. Cause like, I, I think like, yeah, especially like in my own life, like in terms of imagery, like, like you're saying, like, it's easy to like think in that, that zone of like, I will be here forever. This is a miserable existence. Like in those horrible moments in your life when you're doing, everything's gone wrong and you're like, this is it. Like, and yeah. like you're saying without faith, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, and so I think, uh, and for myself, like I always struggled with, uh, like anxiety and always the images of, of me dying somehow. Like I was always, I was so afraid of death oh, really? and, uh, the Lord really, really shook me because he then showed me the image of paradise. He then showed me the image of his son and the life that I'm living and, and broke all of that. He did that using his word and showed me the like what's actually happening. I think images yeah. are, are helpful to help you understand what's going on. Cause I mean, Christ uses imagery and parables. He uses imagery and the way the temple is designed all, the, all these different things to help you grasp the great, like the greatest image that he's made, which is the, what we're seeing in front of us right now. And, and it helps us to understand I think actually Christ would probably be the greatest image that he's ever made. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, and like I said, the Lord, the Lord used that to kind of, to kind of break me out of that and to realize that like, well, if I am going to die, that's in his hands and that the, and the image of the Lord ordaining my, my birth and my death, like that, that's already been done. Yeah. Right. That's already been done and I'll be in a better place than right now. And the image of his son dying for me and through, physical things around me through his word is what shook those, those things. Yeah. And, and even, even uh, there's a, there's a passage in Corinthians that talks about the, we have this treasure on earth and vessels and it comes right on the heels of God saying that we, uh, that the light of the glorious gospel is in us and in the express, he says uh, the image of Christ. I should, yeah. I should try to find this. I should have had this passage pulled up, but uh, that we, we see the image of Christ in the gospel mm-hmm. that like, it's not, it, it, we, we might want to get to the image of Christ. So there's like the shroud of Turan and those kind of things that people talk about yeah. like, Oh, well, here's what Jesus looked like. That's so cheap, but, but that's not, but that's not what yeah. we mean by the image of Christ. It's actually the image of his whole person as contained in the gospel. So as contain uh, the mm-hmm. image that we see in reality. So it's not, it's not, Hey, you look at the form of Jesus, the, the physical body of mm-hmm. Jesus. And now you see like the perfect image of God. It's like the whole of him, mm-hmm. not just the physical presence and so yeah. that is communicated to us yeah. clearly because there's more than the just gospel. physical in in this world yeah like like i was saying with lord of the rings like you have you have him sitting on the throne as a king well that's just him just sitting on the throne as a king unless there is something more to that right unless there's the sense of of redemption that unless there's a sense of of justice being done and the fulfillment of an entire yeah. story like this is this represents fulfillment and a new a right. new order of reign and justice has now now begun right the image transcends yeah the what it is or the 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 physical image Mm -hmm. what hits the eye we live by faith not by sight yeah and so the images shape our faith (laughs) yeah it's not the images don't have a place in shaping our faith Mm -hmm. but that that ultimately we live by faith in things that are transcendent and not seen because the things that are not seen are eternal Mm -hmm. and so the images they're valuable but they are not ultimate Mm -hmm. they're they're only as valuable as as much as they they help you they point to something that's greater than they are. Yeah. 
And so right. if we can, if movie making can engage the imagination, mm-hmm. engage the mind in a way that causes us to, that, that transcends itself, yeah. then uh, it, it can do something really powerful, really yeah. big, you know? And that's, and that's what the greatest, like I would, I would say like good filmmakers, you, you get what they're going for. Good writers, you get what they're going for. Like the mm-hmm. consensus is, is largely what they were going for. Yeah. Like when you read Lewis and you read it as in the way he was going for it and there's people who, who get it wrong, but you can get it in the way that he's going for it. You're, it's good and it's, and it's more rich, right. but that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not other images don't necessarily have value that aren't exactly what the people were intending. Uh, because I think, like I said, there's, there's, there's value in something in terms of the fact that it is now a product. Right. Exactly. I think you get more value out of something that is intentionally made and ready, hot and ready to go. Yeah. And, like everything's pointing at it instead of going at like Batman and you're like trying to find justice in Batman, but there's things that, that, uh, that employ justice. Yeah. And that points to well, that. It, yeah. It goes back to Calvary again, mm-hmm. where it's made by an unchristian filmmaker, yeah. people who are not decidedly trying to make a Christian movie, yeah. but who, because they are tapping into themes of Christianity, the movie itself can be deeply Christian mm-hmm. in spite of what yeah. their intents were, because on its own, as it is, it exists as a portrayal of the, of a crucifixion of a man, you know? Yeah. So, and that's and so, and like, you're saying things that are true, uh, it's true, beautiful, and is it just good? Good, yeah. true, beautiful, and good. Um, if anybody makes them, yeah. then they belong to the Lord. Absolutely. If they're good, then all good things are from the Father. Like that's that's the point. Yeah. And so that's that's why we we watch all these movies and we and we search for things that are good. And obviously, some things the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah, exactly. But I think that there's a there's a lot of things that um, people and especially Christians can can glean from in watching movies in that way and looking for the good things, not necessarily like. Oh my gosh, being fearful for the like right, the, yeah. the horrible the horrible things, but looking for the those uh, things that will help shape your moral imagination, just like you were talking about. If you want to become a good writer, you read a lot of books. If you want to become a great painter, you practice a lot of uh, good paintings from famous artists that make really good things. Same thing for filmmaking, and all all of these images that you get help you to have right. a better moral imagination in general. In yeah. terms of how you operate in life, yeah, how you speak, how you talk, yeah, how you order things in your house, down to yeah. the liturgy of your everyday life. Like, on a very random note, in terms of the imagination, mm-hmm. it made me think that uh, you're talking about how we're forming our moral or imagination. Uh, it made me think that there's a real place for documentaries, especially travel documentaries, in terms yeah. of children. <laughs> yeah, just like letting them see. Hey, let's sit down and watch a documentary about Venice. Because mm-hmm. I know you're going to read Christian Cohen's The Sinking City. Yeah. And when they talk about Venice, you've never been to Venice. Mm-hmm. And I want you to have some kind of imagery of what that's like. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to watch a documentary on Gothic architecture. Mm-hmm. Because I want when people refer to Gothic architecture, you know, to have an image in your mind of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, that there's a real benefit to feeding your children images so mm-hmm. that they can better appreciate the descriptions of things in books, because if you've never fed it to them, they're not going to have anything to go on. Yeah. And so, you know, Venice is going to look a mighty awful lot like that small town in 
you know, Kansas that you grew yeah. up in. <laughs> yeah. So like that's, or, or more like, I guess for a kid, it's going to look like the Topeka, Kansas of the world where you go in for, <laughs> to the store for groceries. And, yeah. You know, it's going to look like that as a, as opposed to yeah. actual Venice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's some random ramblings and thoughts on the imagination. And uh, it's a theme I want to come back to more because it, Number one has mm-hmm. to do with images yeah. and uh, with thinking about those images. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of right up the alley for this kind of podcast. So the more I think about that, the more that paradigm will show up, I'm sure, in our talks about movies. Yeah. And uh, we'll go forward from there. Exactly. So Just digging, digging, digging. That's what we do here at <laughs> yeah. the Foxfire Farmhouse. Because before you can plant, you must the farmhouse. Till. Till the soil. Till the soil. Turn it up and over and expose all the worms and let the robins come in and... I'll get out there Snatch until those worms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Snatch the worms up from the top yes. and uh, then we'll cast out the seed, mm-hmm. the pods, the pods, Let those pods podcasts. get grown up into from little baby <laughs> saplings into some kind of mature, yeah, mature corn stalks. I mean, we, we, dug, day. we dug through quite a bit. Give us some questions, please. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's always fun to expand the conversation and get some some Absolutely. new ideas thrown in there. If you have any ideas, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna sit on this, chew on it. Yeah. So if you've got uh, questions, comments, it? thoughts, critiques, send yeah. them our way. Send them. We'd love for you to leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice, whether that's iTunes or Google or Spotify or yeah. wherever else you're finding this. Be sure to listen and give a rating to that. We're also on YouTube if you want to go watch our beautiful faces chat here <laughs> at the podcast yep. you can do that on youtube at the foxfire farmhouse and uh, otherwise send those comments and questions to us there on social media or comments or wherever yeah or you can email us directly podcast at foxfirefarmhouse.com this has been another episode thanks for joining us folks bye